I thought you'd wash those. I'd wash, well, have I washed any of them? I've washed these two, but not the coffee ones, I don't think. I don't know where the other one is. Put it in the dishwasher. We don't have a dishwasher on the bus. I'm the dishwasher. This is me on the road. The best podcast you'll know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, welcome back to the podcast, guys. This is episode two, and I already feel very much in the swing of it. After last week, I feel like last week was a good setting in back into the podcast. And now we're here. So um, I just want to say a massive thank you to those of you that did tune in last week. I know it's something new. I know I put out a lot of content in general, so the fact that you guys keep up with it and get in touch and speak to me and let me know what you think of things means a lot. Um one comment was that you guys enjoy, you think I've got a good voice for talking, which is very nice of you. However, I gather it sent some of you to sleep. So I don't know if that just means that my content is not that interesting or whether or not I just have a soothing voice. I don't know. But <laughs> I, I gather you did enjoy the podcast. So those of you that um, have sent messages, thank you very much. Those of you that have left a rating over on Apple, thank you very much. We're five stars all round at the minute, which is which is pretty damn good. I'm not, not going to lie to you. Um, a lot has happened since I last spoke to you guys, because last time I spoke to you, we were in the woods in the middle of nowhere, and I was, um, I was chilling with Wild Boar. Those of you that saw the vlog this week, um, I had Wild Boar that had just ha recently had Baby Boar, and they were, um, they were like fenced off. But then I saw some like wild deer. I then saw some fenced off deer. It was really lovely being up there. And then I slowly made my way up towards Lille and to the battlegrounds, to the Battle of Somme, which was like a super interesting area to explore. I've never explored an area like that. And um, yeah, all round, really lovely actually. So we got back. Um, to the Chateau in Bruges. Um, I've actually visited this place before with my good friend Dave Erasmus. We visited in December last year to see if it would be a good space to use creatively. And um, the, ho the, the guy who owns the place has welcomed me back and I'm here for like a week. And um, in the meantime of being here, I've got some special visitors. Guys. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. I have my mum and dad here. Mel on my left yeah. and Martin on my right, drinking out of a George mug. don't know how I feel about <laughs> yeah. that. All right. <laughs> you probably bought that mug for me when I was a kid. We did. Mm -hmm. Way back. What's it say on it? George. don't know. I haven't got glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> a Greek name means the farmer. Well, it's quite convenient. We're in the middle of nowhere mm -hmm. right now. Absolute pleasure to have you guys here. I put something on my Instagram that basically was asking whether or not this week I should get you guys on the podcast. And do you know how many people said yes? Mm, quite a lot, I gather. 96%. Ooh, 96%. And there was only one person that voted for no. Ah, okay. And then they shortly messaged me. me. It was Chloe. I don't know if Chloe <laughs> listens to the podcast, but <laughs> Chloe messaged me then shortly after being like, I put no to your previous story, and I'm very sorry, I didn't mean to put no. Oh, so, okay. so I think we had 100% yes. Ah, okay. And there was like okay. 56 people that voted last time I checked. Oh, right, okay. So that's pretty impressive. People want to hear from you. Oh, I don't know what they want to hear why. about you. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why. Maybe they want to know the truth. Well, there is that. <laughs> but I don't know what the truth is. By the way, guys, I do still have a cough. So there are some moments that I'm sounding like I'm just about to laugh. 
I'm not. I'm just about to cough. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, living at home is something I want to touch on because we had quite an interesting upbringing in general because of the kind of place that we lived. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always tell people we kind of grew up on a construction site <laughs> because um, for those of you that don't know, in fact, let's start with that, um, about what you guys do. I don't know which one of you want to answer the question, but... Yeah, well, we... Um set up a business 30 years ago as of a few months ago which was I can't believe that that's 30 I know, years I know Bonkers. yeah so before we, I was around oh yes yeah well we had slightly different careers before that however um your dad loved doing and making things in wood and decided one day it would be nice if he could do that as a career so we set up the company called Chiselwood and at that particular time made individual pieces of furniture yeah because you kind of fitted them in didn't you between what your job beforehand was no dad dad stopped and that's what he did straight oh, away oh fully yeah yeah, oh, I thought so, you yeah it was more of a hobby before so yeah, you dabbled yeah. at it before mm. yeah, it was yeah. Like yeah. we did houses up and things like that so you know it was those skills that he learned as he went along and i helped out and and what were you both doing at the time what were you doing i was a podiatrist so i worked with the health authority yeah nhs and you did I was in the motor trade at the time, uh, fixing cars. Uh, sheet metal work kind of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Car body work, yeah. Shredding your hands every day. Yeah, well, that was Dad's original <laughs> career was. That's what he trained to do, sheet yeah. metal work. So, And then we set up the business, so it was very quiet and just one unit in Lincoln to start off with. And then we grew a bit and then looked for somewhere that we could live and work from home, which was a bit of a challenge, but we found the property that we're in now. And then... Um, you were only a year old mm. then. Well, I remember going... You were still in the unit at that point, right? Yeah. When, but you would have been very, very small. Very young. Yeah. I remember seeing the unit with a yellow door. Yeah, quite possibly. And it had a blue writing above it, and you were in unit three yeah, or four maybe, or whatever. Maybe. The only reason I remember it is because I remember you being there, and I remember Sam the dog being yeah. there, running around in the front of... Did you have a van at that point? Yeah. Like yeah, transit yeah. 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 Well, we would have had a crossover point <coughs> from moving where we are now and still working in Lincoln at that point because we had to build the workshop. Mm. So, yes, I can imagine you would have because Jack was born where we were, but I can see how you would still remember that. Only just. Yeah, because we'd have, we'd have still had that unit or set of units for probably another year. And you were yeah, it would have taken a year to build where we are now, yeah, the, yeah. the workshop side of house yeah so we did phase one yes Mm. and chris yeah chris and you you had your own little digger that used to follow around and and think i was being really helpful and actually i was just dropping soil along the pathways (laughs) and we weren't living in the house of course either then because we lived um above what is now the showrooms we had a a flat Mm. there so we lived in there because the house was empty let's paint the picture what it used to be was a brewery the site used to be a brewery Originally, it was a malt house. Malt house. Yeah, so it used to malt the grain um, probably late 1800s. So there was a building that specifically did that. So they used to light fires under grain that had started to sprout. Mm -hmm. Then they would take that malted grain as it was. Yeah. But then they'd also then make beer out of it and because we live on the back of a canal it would have moved up and down the canal in its various so states loaded onto barges so it loaded onto barge well it loaded off as grain then malted then malted grain would go down 
probably to be used for food and the beer would be taken down and apparently then the empties used to come back so they'd drop it off in the various pubs that were on the canal route mm. and they used to be called <laughs> packet barges packet barges so this was this was what the the house used to be yeah and then it became a doctor's surgery well the brewer Brewmaster built the house with the intent to live in it, and then for yeah. whatever reason he didn't, he rented it out to the local doctor, okay. and the local doctor lived there for, we reckon, probably 60, 70 years, in that his son took over the practice, and then it continued being a practice through till probably late 70s, 1970s. Well, we used to find the, the medicine bottles yeah, in the garden, Yeah, all sorts, we? that's mm. it. And apparently yeah. there was a greenhouse in the garden and he used to make a lot of his herbal medicines with the products in the greenhouse. So oh, he'd no grow, grow herbs and things like that, but apparently oh, yeah. used, the water, used the water from the Fosdyke Canal, which apparently people used to sit outside waiting to go and see oh. him in the surgery, but they didn't really use in the, the medicine because it used to, yeah, used to taste so horrible. They, they came away being more ill probably, than when they arrived. Yeah. <laughs> probably. But so it was a surgery. Then a gentleman who was a restaurateur bought it, did a little bit of um, work on the flat, um, but really nothing else. And so there were outhouses. Yeah. So we've got the main house and then we've got the the flat which had a couple of garages underneath which it. were stables before that stables before i didn't know that yeah, actually yeah, stables yeah. before that and then the workshop bit yeah didn't exist no so, so that's something you built transferring the business from the units yeah. to yeah. so when it was a brewery yeah, so we used the outbuildings for the offices and the yeah. storerooms and the works kitchens but yeah. the actual the workshop is all new yeah. and, and some of those buildings bit. people lived in so when it was actually a malt house that was like so people lived in there that worked course. yeah worked there yeah. but also a family in one small part which is small which was one up and one one down i think there were eight or nine children there mm. but his dad looked after the horses for the doctor so the, the carriage and the horses that he would have gone out that's where he lived and that's what he did as a job but right. unfortunately during the war there was a bad fire yeah and it was never really sorted really out after, and that was wartime yes okay we're not sure first or second world war but we assume second because it was it was taken down not long after that such an interesting history and it's a, it's it's actually awesome how much you know about it and how much you've researched and how much you've because yeah. i mean we had a lancaster bomber um, yes. Little glass well, dome, didn't we? Interesting about that. We actually, um, we actually had a talk from the the um, society that preserved the Lancasters, and he has the only flying Lancaster in his family. Wow! And um, we actually told him that story. <laughs> but the the domes were made in the village, so when war finished and they didn't need that happening, mm. they became cloches in various people's gardens right. so that's why we ended up with one it was used as a, a you know like a little mini greenhouse um and there, there were quite a few around the, the village apparently but ours was donated back to this museum what a cool story and i think this is the bit that i find interesting is that w when did we move into the house i was one so 25 uh, years ago let's say you yes Ish. maybe yeah, just yeah. a bit less yeah yeah and then my brother Jack was yeah. born in the in the flat. Yes, he was. Yeah. When we yeah, lived so that there, was eight, that was ninety five. That was ninety five, 
And then from then on, I remember family life very much being on the land. It was very much being there and we'd do up the house and we loved it. I mean, we just meant every weekend we were busy, we were on the tractors pretending to, well, uh, didn't think we were pretending, we we thought we were helping (laughs) um, out on the tractors and... Then the big tractors came when the workshop was being built and Chris yeah. was letting us like move the things around and and the big dumper trucks and the huge bit piles of waste that we used to play on out the back, which yeah. was, <laughs> thinking about it, probably quite dangerous to do. But yeah. all that. So we had a very adventurous, like out in the garden kind of growing up, yeah. really. We yeah. were never really inside. And yeah. I think there was a good amount of creativity in that. Yeah. I certainly am uh, a very motivated person. Jack's certainly a very motivated person. And I think that comes from... The social life of every weekend was busy. Every evening was busy. You guys yeah. were out doing stuff. And I think we grew up with that kind of mental... Yeah. T- and I think that's why now I feel very proactive. And I think that's just because I've grown up with that. I never grew up with... Yeah, I think with... A very yeah, chill life of sitting around. No. no. And also Maybe because... more so now, but... <laughs> <laughs> and also because we had... It was great for me because it allowed... Once you started going to play groups and then schools, what was great for me was that I could continue to work... Mm-hmm. Um, but you probably weren't aware of it at that stage because I was able to come home easily. Mm. But as you got older, you could either come into the offices and do your homework or you, I was as you got older again and you were in the house, so you were safe. And so the work environment and our home life was very much integrated. And mm. I think that allowed you to realise that the work ethic that's involved Absolutely. in the business. And the thing is, as well, is like the place was derelict. Yeah. Like... There was no floors. No. I remember we went out upstairs because you literally had some f- like sheets of wood yeah. laid between the beams, and that was <laughs> yeah. your bedroom. And yeah. the stairs didn't have a banister. Was the only toilet? Yeah, I mean, we we really did live on a construction site, and yeah. and I never saw it as that way. Like that was just life. I didn't. We didn't know any different. But I, mm. it, for me, it was adventurous. It was mm. like. There was an excitement in that, and okay. even like in a naughty way, there was the excitement of sneaking up the stairs to go into the bedroom because <laughs> I know we weren't allowed up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but got a dog who does that now, <laughs> <laughs> good old Jeffrey. Well, the thing that's the thing that's then fun about that is then moving forward a few years, um, you're into a creative job, yeah. you yes. in particular designing and making kitchens. So we grew up around that kind of energy i guess i mean things have changed now you do it all on computer pretty much now it's all cad drawings and 3d yeah you just walk throughs when you grew up you just thought i drew pretty pictures and colored them in didn't you yeah but then at school i mean what did i do for a level i did graphic design art mm-hmm. and and your music music and then music tech yeah. which i taught myself yeah yeah because they didn't do it at the school yeah, but yeah. they provided me the stuff didn't they and i said look if you can teach yourself it will put you through the exam which is actually just bonkers thinking back yeah, on that. Yeah. um but when i was you know in secondary school to begin with it was very much like i didn't know whether i wanted to do designing stuff i really did the art i loved mm-hmm. the art stuff probably more at school more than the music well stuff. there was a point where we assumed that that would be a direction you'd go in and take you over. were really focused on wanting to do graphic design product mm. design and so it was only really when you started choosing your GCSEs because you did your music a year early and it was only at oh, that yeah. point two years in one year, didn't you it? did because you couldn't actually do music and art which you desperately wanted to do you had to do one or the other mm. so you did your music deal, a year early and we did that yeah separately and at that point I think although you loved your music I think we thought you would go down the art route well you've got to think as well 
I was really into tennis at this point. Yeah. So I started playing tennis when I was four, right, in the local village. And then played through till, was I 15? Yeah, you were doing your exams, so yeah, probably 16, 16, yeah. And then I remember you sitting with me down and being like, right, it's got to be music now or tennis as your main focus. Obviously, you can still do the other two, but which way are you going to go? And we we all really knew it was not tennis (laughs) because there were people just at the club that were... I mean, we were having lessons twice a week at that point, yeah, private yeah. lesson and then a group lesson was it on a Saturday or yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. something like that. And then we had to make the decision, one or the other. Yeah. But also at the time, school-wise, it was like art or music. Mm-hmm. Didn't do tennis, that was a completely separate thing to school. But so I had these two big decisions going on, and then I went obviously music on both directions. Yeah. Um, which were you, were you ever disappointed about that? Taking, no, not no, taking the business on? Because I know that we, we talked a little bit in terms of like, you know, it was a family business, so that was always an option mm-hmm. potentially to join that side of things if we did the art and design stuff. But did no, you ever grow really. up with that being an expectation? No, not at all, not at all. Um, you know, with my father being in the air force, he expected me to go in the air force. Mm. Which, you know, people tell you what to do, and I'm not very good at that. <laughs> um, so, no, really, never had any expectations of you coming into the business whatsoever. If you wanted to, then we'd have. Been delighted, but mm. um, we were well aware that that wasn't the direction you were going in. Mm. And was that just kind Did of you... obvious from the offset, or was it like? Uh, not really. I don't think you sort of really. You didn't really show any interest, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you probably saw your parents working twelve-hour days and thinking, "I'd rather stay in bed." <laughs> <laughs> At the time when you were a teenager, yeah, yeah. Too, right, yeah. I think the music or the inspiration of the music changed when you were in the band. So we started a band when I was 13 called yeah. Cruise Control. Yeah. Great name. I still have the email address for my spam. George.cruisecontrol is my spam email address. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was 13 when we did that. Yeah. We did that for like and When three you did years. the Battle of the Bands and you won that, um, which was just a local thing that happened, and you, there wasn't everybody else were were mature adults mm. doing it, um, and I think that the girls there was a girl band called the Armour Boobies. Yeah, I remember them. Holland and um, three ladies. The youngest was eighteen, and they'd had to move because they had become very successful in Australia. Australia, yeah. Um, they were too successful. So they they were the, yes, especially for the youngest because mm. she was a drummer, a very famous drummer there. Um, but they were so supportive, and I think your turning point was there because you could see a different creativity. So at that point, you were linking your art with your music. Mm. So it allowed you to experiment with your art to be able to do album covers mm-hmm. or to, to, to do things in that respect, but equally to do your music. Um, and I think, although you were having to still do your grades, your music grades with your piano, you were being experimental then and different mm. sort of keyboards. Well, and... I'd started doing the jazz exams. Yeah. So the jazz exams, which are the, they are official exams, are basically six-page songs. The middle two pages are blank. They give you the chords and that's about it. And that, to me, was like, okay, so I can express through these two pages. Yeah. yeah. And that was kind of the genius of our teacher, David. So I started playing piano when I was seven yeah. and tennis when I was four so actually at this point tennis was actually a bigger deal mm-hmm. in terms of how long we've been playing it um started playing when I was seven did all my grades and then 
David introduced me to the jazz exams. And how old was I? That was not far off the same age, about 12, 13? Yeah, probably. So I think the experimental side of being able to yeah. have the confidence to do my own music, I guess, amongst yeah. the exams, yeah. was being introduced at this point the as the same time as starting the band. So it was kind of this whole world of expression being opened up to me. And I think your, da- your teacher, David, was very clever in realising that very quickly because I think you got to grade three. And he could see how your um, experimental, innovative, um, spontaneous side was actually very good. And his concern was if you'd carried on doing the jazz exams in the format they were, Mm. that could restrict your ability to be able to do that. So he recommended you stop doing the exams. But then he, he sort of supported you doing your classical exams right up to grade eight, which you needed to do to further your career if Mm -hmm. you wanted to go to university. But equally, he then supported it with your improvisation. Yeah, because he didn't really do much improvisation. And he used to go home every week and sit and learn stuff. And he was himself was excited to learn stuff. So I think we had this great bond in that sense that I wanted to push myself in that direction. He wanted to go home and learn some more improvisation stuff. And then it worked really well. So then um, I then stopped having lessons with him when I was 18, when I went to uni, yeah, yeah, yeah. which was actually 11 years with him. Yeah, yeah. And it was weird because I moved to Leeds and I've probably only seen him a handful of times since, yeah. really. And I actually didn't go to university to have lessons. I had no tutoring in in school, uh, sorry, in university. And I haven't had lessons since, yeah. which most people then do. And I don't know why. I think it was this whole rat race. If I always knew that there was going to be incredible players out there and I would never be the best I don't know why, I just knew very early, like, I wasn't ever going to be... So I wasn't interested in that run, and I was like, rather than taking the sprint to be the best person and practising all the... What's that film about the drummer with the bleeding hands? Oh, yes. What's it called? Not Whirlwind... Ah, I can't remember. Yeah. Very good film. Um, I just wasn't interested in that life. It was always going to be a chase, but I knew that there was something else that I could chase that not many Mm. people were, which was, at the time songwriting mm. or yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever, pulling bands together and, and I guess kind of directing those and writing for bands. And, and still performance, because at that point performance at that point, was still yeah. quite strong for you. It was something I really wanted to do at mm. that time. Yeah. Um, and we were doing good. We were doing mm. a lot of gigs, really. Mm. You were. For yeah. at the age of 13, 14, yeah. and yeah. you guys driving us around everywhere. Yeah. Chief we held the festival. Do you remember the festival we at the garden? the garden, yeah. yes. Was that it called was CCSO Festival? birthday or around your 16th birthday? Something like that. Yeah. CCSO Festival is yeah. called. But I can't can you remember what that stood for. Cruise Control. Because it was a little less. Cruise Control. I can't remember. No. no. But we've. I desperately search through my old hard drive to try and find footage of that because we've vlogged it. it. We've got it at home. No. We have. We've got loads of photographs. We've got loads. No, we've got videos. You've got well. the video as well. We've got some small videos ah. as well, yeah. Oh my yeah, yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we need to get some yeah, of that out and put those three in the bands. Vlog. Yeah, we definitely got three bands. Yeah, because my best friend James Brett was. He was learning drums at the time, and he was yeah. in a band called the Velvetones. They yeah. started off the day. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And then we had. Going back now. It was a, Teddy. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember. And that wasn't with Fred Ashbolt, was it? No. In the village? No, 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 no. They were a band Teddy. from Loud or somewhere. Very smart. They were Retford. They were Retford Direction, indie dressed. band of some yeah, kind. Yeah, played, yeah. and then we played the kind of yeah. headline slot with our makeshift banner that was yeah. an old football goal yeah. or something like that. we had that. a marquee that we managed to get. And who did the sound? Um, what's his name from the village? Um, long hair. 
Um, yes, because he hadn't he just come off doing like meatloaf or something ridiculous like that. He'd actually like had that. yes, he'd just done something and they'd had their last night and he'd had an awful lot to drink. So oh, is that what it we, was? We yeah, I remember actually, him being very, he was very scary hungover. late. Yes, he was very late because he couldn't drive until he felt safe. <laughs> and he arrived about and an hour arrived, before, but he was quick. To be was, fair, it was, was all set up. And we plied him fine. with coffee for hours to get him <laughs> awake. And the radio mics didn't work. No, so we had to get everyone to turn their phones off because it was that he reckoned that was in the way. And then as soon as they turned them off, it was fine. It worked great. It worked fine. And it was a lovely day. And we had what was interesting was that I can't remember how many kids we had, but a lot, hundreds, really, probably. Yeah, it was a big festival. We sold tickets. We did, and the police were lovely Police turned up. God, they're, they, they just had tasers, didn't they? They were going around the village, <laughs> yes. They were walking around the village to patrol because they were concerned that yeah. we'd be gate-crashed. Yeah. Um, they were really in on it. And then they came in the evening and we had a massive party in the <laughs> With them, with the police? Yeah. 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 Wow, yeah. that was... I look back on that and that yeah. was cool. Yeah. Because we just... It wasn't about it. It was just about getting people together. Yeah. Mm. And that's and what the police loved was that we had no trouble. We had lots of youngsters. Thinking about it, you guys put money into that because you bought all the food. Yeah. Yep. Burgers yeah. and sausages, which we yeah. ate. We over ordered because we ate oh, those yeah. burgers. Carried on eating these eat afterwards. We did. Yeah. <laughs> we did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Every weekend. Should we have a barbecue this week? Yeah, yeah probably should. <laughs> and, um, but they were. Had a big they freezer. Were good. Yeah, they were. Um, and then drinks. We got drinks in. Was it just soft drinks? It was though? all soft drinks. All soft yeah, drinks at all, that point. I, mean, I, it was all I think, kids for I that think some young people did sneak some bits in, but there wasn't any trouble. We, you no, know, we camped over in the garden afterwards. Yeah, and we, we had. We were fortunate. We had lots of swings, and there were kids playing baseball behind the tents, yeah. and everybody and we had was just happy. Like, and and um, all the kids had security t-shirts. on. do you yeah, remember? They yeah, cut my yeah, cousins. Yeah, basically, yeah. they made these t-shirts that they'd ironed on. You know, you can get the prints that you can iron on, and it said security, and they made one for was it it wasn't Kira at the time who would it have been um, I remember there being a baby who had a tiny little baby shirt on that said security no it probably wasn't was Kira, Kira. It Kira. Yeah, Kira yeah it would have been at that yeah, age yeah, she's Kira. 11 now mm. yeah so it would have been yeah so she would have literally been like a baby like yeah. one years old or whatever yeah. so that was crazy and, and and we had a lot of things like that we were yeah. lucky enough to have the land to I guess do yeah. those kind of things and I think as a kid as a 13 year old wanting to do these things and have these crazy ideas. I really want to throw a festival and then go in as hard as that, where you have meatloaf sound engineer mm. and you have loads of barbecued food and and even have security t-shirts for your for your cousins but and the police coming in. It wasn't. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, was... it paid for itself in a sense. Yeah, I think yeah. we sold tickets. I remember selling yeah. tickets, and that probably went that towards paid for the, the hire food. Of the tent marquee. You had a marquee. Yeah. And then probably a little bit to Gary. Gary was his yeah, name. Yeah, it's Gary, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, a bit to, I can't remember exactly where it went, but it kind of... Yeah, covered Brokey. Most-ish, yeah, yeah. 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 Which was cool. And to have that experience of doing something, like having the idea, following it through, yeah. doing it properly, having fun, I think was actually a really important thing for yeah. me personally as an early in age to feel that that stuff can and happen. And what was interesting, so. we spoke to our, one of our neighbours... Um, he um, he sadly died last year, but his oh. daughter at his wake was when we were chatting about something. They mentioned that event. They remember how the... they remembered their parents <sighs> being so excited to listen to the music and be able to sit in their garden and be part of it. I mean, they were invited. I was going to say we should have they, gone No, away. they were invited. All the neighbours were invited if they'd wanted to, yeah. but they their daughters still remembered that experience. Wow, and that stuff was amazing. And and I think. Um, 
it led on to just being ambitious, mm. I guess. It was like, it was, a, it was don't be afraid to have these crazy ideas because they are doable if you kind of commit to them. And then I very much learned an importance of doing it kind of together mm. um, because that's what it was. That's what made it fun. You know, the family got involved mm. and the locals got involved and I learned that importance pretty early on. Mm. So, well, I think you've been taught that you can do anything you want if you want to. With the just go for it, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, it's just putting in the graft. Yeah, with the, some of the things we've done over the years, you know, I remember the mother-in-law many years ago being astonished that we used to take the staircase out at, on Friday night, work on the house, put it back in on Sunday morning before we go to work. <laughs> um, but we never thought about anything about it at the time. Just needed doing it. Hmm? She nearly had a heart attack about it. Yes. <laughs> um, that's it, we, you just go for it and don't think about it. So we didn't really think twice about putting the festival on. No. Mm. and I think that explains a lot of the madness of the fact that we're sat in a bus now as well you know if you actually track Mm. it back doing things like the festival is the stem Mm. of having an idea and it being completely feasible Mm. to to build a bus and live in it and like that I think that's where it stems from stuff like that well I hope that so um I would be lying if I said that when you said you were going to explore having a bus and then tour around Europe that it didn't fill me with a bit of panic especially when you were looking at certain vehicles that potentially would have taken an awful lot Mm. to achieve that and finding this was more a case of oh do you mean something like that (laughs) in my head expecting you to go oh no 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 that's not but when you actually said yes and we went and had a look at it and you went for it um I suppose I didn't expect you to be doing what you're doing now. From it. And and really Like to have a business. It. Yeah, to really achieve to, yeah, it. Yeah, to actually be sat in bruise. And I mean, in a very literally, short space of time. We're sat in bruise outside of a castle. Yeah, yeah. You guys are coming to visit. Yeah. And we've had, a, so far, a lovely weekend. We're about yeah. halfway through it. And all of that is yeah. because of this mad idea. And what is funny, so for those of you that don't know, when I started the idea of moving into a bus, it was because I wanted to play the piano anywhere I kind of wanted and open the back doors to a van and have the view and have the inspiration but being a piano player that was hard it's not like being a guitarist you put a guitar on your back and off you go and um, so I was going to do this initially in a like a sprinter a big sprinter and in fact I remember I was going into the your van and measuring up and just kind of getting a feel of like could I is this doable and then you're saying you were nervous mum about me doing mm-hmm. this whole idea mm-hmm. you found this thing yeah. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> and I remember yes. you sitting me down and you were like, I've just found this thing. I don't know if it's kind of what you were looking for, but what do you think? And then we went to look for it. It was in Nottingham, which was yeah. only 45 minutes away. Yeah. And then the following week, put deposit down and that was it. It was like, yes. And we went to see it twice, didn't we? Yeah. I think for time. me, though, looking at it being partly done gave me confidence that we'd be able to achieve it relatively quickly yeah. and at a minimal cost. And even then... When we think, when I think to what this place was like inside it, relatively done is loose. This term. time last year, <laughs> but it was a, but it, this time m- last most year. Were loose, actually, weren't they? It was loose. <laughs> yes. Like we realised yeah. when so so pops helped me. You helped me with a lot of the the basically. If I had an idea, I asked you, and you just told me if I was being stupid or not. Really, yes. in the polite terms, correct. 
and um, but when we first got it, so like the steps we keep talking about recently, the steps is a massive feature of the bus. When people walk past, they go, oh, look at the shoe rack and the stairs. Like, that is it. So that's your kind of like, we need to put like chiselwood on there somehow. <laughs> and get you a Patented. little answer. Should have bought some badges. <laughs> Should have bought something. But um, when we moved in, so on the walls, there were these orange rails that were for holding all the books. Mm. And then on top of, in front of that was... You know when you go on an aeroplane and you have that plastic material on the walls? Mm. Um, For micery type. Yeah, that stuff that was just stack, classic aeroplane wall horrible. Wasn't as nice as micre. Caravan <laughs> kind of yeah. vibe. Yeah. That was just quite literally duct taped on. Yeah. When we were pulling it down, we were realising it was duct taped on. Yeah. The guy yes. had not really done anything to it. And then on the floor where pipes for the hot water and cold water and a pump was pretty much in the same place i've moved all of that around it's literally actually the opposite way around i moved all of that around but there were some basics in here that we thought were a bit more intact at the time yes thinking yeah, yeah. Oh, great so there is hot water and cold water running from one side of the bus to the other there's a pump installed and there is a boiler installed yeah great yeah then realised that it, it, all it, all, it all had to come out and that was a big learning curve for me which I'm glad because we've had a leak underneath the sofa recently and I know where everything is I know how everything goes and I, I mean could you imagine if I just bought it I think it's been a great been learning a curve for you and a great thing for you and your dad to do together because the skills that you have learned have mm -hmm. allowed you to be more independent I think if if it had been done in a different way, I wouldn't feel so confident that if something goes wrong, you'd be able to cope with yeah. it. And that's been fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. And also... And if anybody wants their tiling done in their kitchen, I charge <laughs> £8 an hour. <laughs> Bargain. Yeah. yeah. Is that cheap? What, what's it? It is much less than minimum wage, so yeah, it's very cheap. Oh, damn it, okay. Um, <laughs> we'll have, to, we'll have a talk much. about this. Because you don't earn anything. <laughs> <laughs> so this has been another big thing then as well, is like, um, I've never, I've always worked for myself. Always. Yeah. Since day, since I was 15 doing the piano work in yachts in the, the little bar down the road. Um, I've really pretty much only worked for myself. So what were your thoughts then about oh, I want to make this into a company and, oh, I want to hit the road and this to work. And then, obviously, the big thing is we always had loads of conversations about, but how are you going to earn your way? You know, your skills are worth more than what you're charging and all this and all that. What are your initial thoughts other than, oh... Oh, panic. <laughs> <laughs> Insert swear word here. Well, you've always been frugal. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, you've got by on very little... Mm. Yeah, so yeah, I, I just think we already had any worries. Really, I think if you knew, you'd always find something. Mm -hmm. And moving forward, yeah, when are you going to be independent? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I think I think you you'll be fine. You'll work your way. Yeah, you know, you've tried lots of things, and some things haven't worked. You've so you've got rid of those, and you've mm. moved on to other things. And it's it's you know same with our business. We've done all sorts of things over the years, and you realise well that doesn't work. That doesn't earn you anything. Well, I think so that's where you'll move on. You'll try something else. But I think it's the persistence to, yeah. to keep going and keep trying new things. And that I'm just mirroring from the house essentially. Yeah. yeah. Because the house you got for relatively cheap yeah, right in, because yeah, it was a yeah, shell it yeah. was a falling yeah, down yeah. shell you look at yeah. it now yeah. and like i mean we've had many conversations about this i've talked about this many times on the mm. podcast and whatever that people look at the house and they're like oh these guys mega mm. mega wealthy family and they don't think that they bought the house they don't know that they bought we you guys yeah, bought yeah. the house for super yeah. cheap and you borrowed a bit of money here yeah, and there to get it done money, yeah. um 
but it was the sheer effort that made it livable. Like, quite yeah. literally, just livable. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah, that's... We paid an electrician and a plumber and a bit of plastering work, but apart from that, you did and I did everything ourselves, so... Yes, it was materials and I'm blood, st- I'm blood still sweat doing, and tears. It's not finished, you know, there are lots of areas we'd still like to do things that are different, but it's as we... In fact, it felt very familiar mo- just walking around here today, mm. you know, because that's a work in progress, and you can see it's going to be work in progress in this castle forever. For years. Yeah. Because of the money that's involved, mm. so there's that appreciation of trying to make a business in an environment that looks beautiful, but actually there are elements of it that people can't see. Yeah that are going to take a lot of work and but i think for you i would like to feel that whenever you've come across something it's how do you find a solution not it be mm. a problem yeah and i think that's very much how i see things mm. because i never question when something just kind of needs doing it's like this water tank yeah every part of me like i'm ex- i've been exhausted for the last year and a half doing yeah. this bus and you just want to go off and enjoy it and you think oh there's another thing. But then, like you always say, Dad, mm. if it was a house, your washing machine It'd breaks. Yeah. You spend the weekend. Something. It's yeah. always So that actually doesn't, even though I'm relating that to bus life, that wouldn't change if no, I had my own not. house. No. no, there'd always be something. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think it's then the, there's a leak. It needs fixing. Yeah. Get yeah. off your ass and yeah, do it. Like Find the solution. Yeah, and I think that's something I'm just super grateful to you guys that... You've not done it intentionally. You've just done what you wanted to do, which was build a family home. And I grew up around that. And unintentionally, then, I've gained a lot of those mm. things as well. And there is other things that maybe are less positive, like having your business around you and struggling to move from that. But then, at the same time of that, it's the passion that you enjoy what you do yeah. as well. Yeah. Or have done for yeah, 30 yeah. years. Enjoyed yeah. it to the point of, like, when... What next? Because what, there's, what there's always a what yeah, next. Exactly. You can't sit and keep it still. It's what can we do? And right now you're at that stage. So you yeah, guys are building yeah, yeah. six eco houses yeah. at the bottom of the garden, land that we don't really use. We yeah. used to we used to have our bike cramps down there and yeah, have a little dirt yeah. session. Which actually, recently they were saying like, did you have a, did you have like a bike off road yeah. sort of track down there? And they found upside down uh, Bath. bathtubs yeah, that were yeah. and ramps and logs and all sorts of things. Um, which is a nice blast from the past to hear that that's still there. Mm. Built it well. Mm. Um, <laughs> but where was I going with that? About the six houses. About that's the six houses. That's what you're doing now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, you're literally, it's constant for you guys. You get an mm. idea. And again, you're committing to it to a point that you're now building six eco houses, mm, yeah. which is super cool. So tell me a bit about that moving forward. It's like, that's an exciting thing, right? Well, it certainly is. It certainly is, yeah. And we're trying, like everything we do, we just try and be different. Mm. I think you're a bit the same, you know. We we're never very good as a family as following the crowd, <laughs> so it's just trying to be different. And they they've got curved walls, they're timber clad, they're timber constructed. They'll be very eco efficient, triple glazed. Yeah. You know, it's just trying to approach house building from what I consider a much more sensible point of view. Yeah. Uh, rather than just building, you know, square cheap boxes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, that 30 years time are falling down and needing and that goes internally as well because we're very aware that house builders now don't build in and accommodate for storage so you move in and then you suddenly realise you can't fit a wardrobe in because the house isn't big enough or right. the room isn't big enough or that there isn't storage around the kitchen so the philosophy is of how you can live your life within that house as well properly so everything has a purpose mm. and so going 
Is there um, a site live at the minute that people can go and see these? Is it through the Chiswood website? Um, not at present. It's coming on. It's it will, coming soon. Yes, I think we, we're doing a soft launch at the moment. So there are some stills yeah. of it. Um, and we're hoping that there will be some footage starting probably in the summer. Yeah, because I think the thing that I love, love about this podcast at the moment is that it's very varied in the types of people listening. So we have people mm. that are creative, people that aren't creative and are more... Um, I don't know. I think there's a lot of people... The one thing that joins all these listeners together, you guys that are listening to this now, is that you're interested in something different, whether that's just a different way of living, whether that's different ways of approaching something. That's, I think that's the reason that ties us all here, but there's so many different types of people. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I think it's, one, been very interesting to hear sort of where we've come from, where I've come from, mm-hmm. and hearing you guys talk about your memories and places that you live. But also, moving forwards, I think people are going to be interested in what you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, chiselwood.co.uk, yeah. spelt... Chisel. C-H-I-S-E-L-W-O-D.co.uk. It's a mouthful, that, isn't it? I know. It's quite straightforward, though. It's like chiseling wood. Spent chisel wood. Just saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you guys want to check out what these guys do and the beautiful kitchens they make, please do go check out over there. And I think on the blog, you're having a new website launching soon. It's coming out in the next week. Hopefully. Yes. And on there I imagine on the blog there will be updates from the houses there is there will be and we have and got on a Facebook second, we and have got Instagram a second phase as well which is nice so we're looking at accommodation that is more affordable in the same vein so yeah. there'll be two bedrooms so smaller complex but again in the same so way, you've got those so, coming. So yeah. if anybody is interested in just seeing how these guys are doing things, I highly recommend going and looking at these houses because whether or not you're thinking about building a house yourself in the future, I think the ECAL houses is a great project to keep an eye mm. on for that, just for ideas for yourself. Um, but also just like the ethos of everything that you're doing is pretty cool, I think. Um, like you say, you do things a little bit differently. You don't aim to be mass producing. You just no. keep it bespoke and beautiful Mm -hmm. and i think that's a good ethos moving forward to anybody that wants to do something if you're a musician aim small and but aim for a bloody good album actually again that was from our holidays because the inspiration were living spaces within trees from From some parks parks. ah yes for sure so So it's getting out getting out and seeing things i think has been a mutual thing between me doing music and you guys doing design and art and everything else that you're doing um we're aware that we just missed the bus into town that's all right we're just gonna (laughs) (laughs) um thank you so much for joining me on here i think if anybody has any questions to you maybe i'll start the podcast with a couple of questions i'll give you a call or something like that if there's any questions maybe you've answered everything um and let's go into bruges and get some some Beer. beer. Some beer. We're gonna do a beer. we're gonna do a factory tour in Bruges today. Beer. <laughs> beer tour. <laughs> we're doing a factory tour uh, what was it? A brewery, brewery tour. That's tour, the word I was yeah. looking yes. for. Which would be good. Um it's been chocolate. so lovely seeing you this week. It's only research because we used to live in a brewery. Oh yeah, that would excuse me. Beer that's, and that's, chocolate. That's, that's the reason. That's, the, that's why you came in a van, wasn't it? So you could stock it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been lovely having you here. Um have you got any thoughts on what's gonna be happening next on the tour? Well, for me, I'm just excited as to where you're going next and what this achieves. You've got some amazing artists up to date. We've heard a little bit of some of the the, 
the music that's being created and how that's moving on and it, it really is good so um you yeah know, you've had a good insight to all you? your artists so far and just seeing that come together really over the next few months yes, and you've heard the bones of the initial songs yeah and they're all different and they're all good yeah which is great so, yeah. exciting have you got a message for i was going to songs? sing on them but um i Thought it best not to. In fact, yeah, sing us that song that you sang this, that you made wrote this morning. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think any messages for the artists. Yeah, any messages for the artists, but especially the ones that are coming on. This is an exciting adventure, and I'm sure these will will do something because they are unique. You're all bringing your individual talents, whether it's singing or whether it's playing instruments. That's what makes it unique, and it's great. I'm excited for you all it's good got <laughs> yeah, any thoughts moving forward any actually this will be a fun one any advice for anybody that's going to come and stay on the bus about living on bus i think prepare prepare yourself to have a good time if you're going to come on this bus oh that's nice seems, yeah it <laughs> seems very uh, laid back and quite fun i thought you were going to say don't sit on the left side of the sofa because you'll get a soggy ass <laughs> Well, is that? <laughs> <laughs> don't stand in the shower for too long because you might run out of water. Uh, yeah, don't yeah I didn't join in the tank this morning. Sorry about that. That's all right. You're gone tomorrow, so I'll be stress-free again. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. It's been fun, actually. My parents have been down in the bedroom, and I never realised properly... Well, I did realise... Um, but I'd never thought about it for a number of months that the bed on one side slants into the middle. So I said, oh, how did you sleep last night? And I'm just, you said, oh, yeah, your dad slept well, but he just said he kept falling into the middle of the bed. <laughs> so guess where I'm sleeping now? I'm sleeping that so side. So now you're on that side, and then tonight I assume you're going to switch again, and, or you're going to flip a coin. Looking at, looking at Martin, no, I, <laughs> I don't think so. I just sleep the other way, so. <laughs> Top and tail. I just sleep across the bed with the heads up on the, on the high side, and then uh, and you look at the bed with the beds lifted up now, and it's a little tired underneath. Mm, yeah, may need some repair when you get home. Whoops. So, um, Dad, do you fancy? No. <laughs> <laughs> no I think well, I think easiest scenario on that is just to buy a new bed. It's one of those fold-up beds, and I think just buy a new. But there'll probably be someone on a scrapyard somewhere, or someone selling a parts on eBay. I don't know. We'll find it. But guys, thank you so much for for being on here, guys. Anybody that's listening to this podcast, if you have any parents, parents, questions for my parents. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any parents, get them on your podcast now. <laughs> I'll do a trade. Um, if you have any questions for parents and what they do, um, head over to the website. See if over there answers any questions. Um, but also, I will maybe start next week's podcast with a call. I might not. There might not be any questions. But if you have any funny, any serious, any... Um, I don't know what else, I don't know what kind of questions you can have. But if you have any, let me know and I will ask them and um, we'll get them back on for the beginning of next week's podcast. Let me know um, what you'd like me to talk about next week. Um, I'm going to be on my own for like half of the week and I'm meeting up with um, Elise and another guy called Matt, potentially, if we can make it work. Um, he's got in touch this week and he lives close to Antwerp. So I'm going to potentially have a guest ne next week. I'm hoping we can sit down and speak to Elise on the podcast and hear about her story, hear what music industry is like over here in Europe. Um, so if you have any questions or anything specific you want me to ask them or talk about with the bus and the journey, anything you've got um, that's just a general question about the tour, let me know because it gives me a good starting point for next week. Thank you so much for listening. Guys, thank you so much for joining. It's been a pleasure. Pleasure. And um, yeah, Let's I will see you. Let's go and have some beer. 
amen to that see you guys later see you next week thanks for tuning in oh very quickly the bags are now available the yellow bags i've been wearing one all weekend they're actually really awesome i didn't realize they were waterproof and inside is wax mm-hmm. like i've got they're actually waterproof they're even better what than i thought what did you say reminded you of Oh, my Legoland bag from when I was a kid. They, I smelt them and they just took me straight back to that. Anyway, they're available. So head to madeontheroad.co.uk forward slash shop if you want to support the journey and have a browse. Other than that, thank you for tuning in. We'll hear from you. Um, I will hear from I've lost it now. <laughs> I'll see you next week. Cheers, guys. Bye. This is me on the road. The best podcast you'll know.